Morning, everybody. Wednesday morning in London town. Trust you well. Good. All right. Everybody. Good. That's all we wanted to know. It's amazing how many people are still wandering around Leicester Square. Now it's sort of daylight. They're wandering around in a dream. Oh, uh, and nobody knows where they are half the time, do they? And you get the people in the kebab shop leering over the front. And you think, oh, I don't know. It doesn't look so appealing, does it, really, now? And there's all the mini... You want minicab? Minicab? No. So, do you know where you where you are? No, no. Minicab? You want minicab? It's all they ask for nowadays, minicabs. All touting, all illegal, and uh, all potentially dangerous. OK? Thought I'd tell you that now. Uh, good news for Gary, because you know that he's he's climbing. He's doing the Three Peaks Challenge. This way, I think you go up Ben Nevis. I think that was his first one. Then I think he's off to Scarfell Pike. And um, he said it's going well. Ben Nevis, he said, was very tough. Deep snow and blizzards. I mean, it's hard to believe, isn't it? We're sitting in Leicester Square and we're talking about somebody who's out there who can hear us because he was, he was texting from, from the top of Ben Nevis where they've got deep snow and blizzards. He said it was so cold and, uh, and as you go on, the air sort of starts disappearing, gets thinner and thinner the higher you go. And he's got to do Scarfell Pike now. He said, if I can move... Because we've all, haven't you all, come on, you all remember back, don't you? When you were younger and you'd go out in the snow, yeah, jump around the snow. And then you get a little bit older, you start going, oh, no, I feel cold. Sorry, I'll just sit in and look at it through the window because it's quite pretty. You don't actually want to go out in it, do you? Do you? No, probably not. Unless you take an umbrella so you can keep the snow off you. I quite like that idea, though. I always remember those, those halcyon days in York. Every time the snow came down, I was like a man possessed. We love it because we don't see it. People who live in, you know, Iceland and Antarctica and Reykjavik and places like that, they, they couldn't care less. They, what are you doing with it? You take... Oh, right. Have we got any? Good grief, woman, honestly. Over and above the call of duty. So all these places where they, where they actually take snow for granted inside the Arctic Circle, and they get really, you know, they, they, they don't get excited. We get excited seeing it. So the Brits go off every year in search of snow. Gary's found it, but he's doing it for charity. He's doing it to raise, raise money uh, for kids who need uh, blood transfusions and things like that, which is all very lovely. But, I mean, frankly, I don't think I could... I can't even breathe now, let alone breathing halfway up a mountain. But he is a little bit fitter than I am. A little bit fitter. Not, not, not much fitter. Anyway, I bumped into Kevin Hughes again this morning. I do love Kevin Hughes. I really do. And he goes off and covers all the, all the show-busy stuff, and he's, uh, he's on Capital, and he pops up on the television. He's sickeningly good-looking. And the only reason I hang around with him is because he's sickeningly good-looking. And it makes me feel a bit better about life. <laughs> because, you know, you have to... There's no point hanging around with unattractive people. If you're going to hang around with anybody, hang around with somebody who's terribly attractive. And, uh, and he's just come back from the Glamour Awards, and he'll be putting together packages for the, uh, the Morning for Capital and all the other stations. And, uh, and he said, oh, they were all there, Louis Walsh. Uh, Danny Minogue, I think, got an award. And Victoria Beckham. They weren't there. You'd have thought Cheryl Cole would have got an award for something. Over and above the call of duty, Cheryl Cole, you know, gets some award. Because it's in the paper again today, and you never know. I now take everything with a, a complete pinch of salt. If I read it in the paper and it's about a celebrity, and I think to myself, well, is this old quotes? Because we've had pictures before. Do you remember we had pictures of Prince William and, uh, and his, his wife Catherine on holiday on, on this boat? And it turns out it was like five years ago. Really old pictures. So when you read... On the front page of the Daily Mirror, Cheryl, I am not Cowell's puppet. This is Cheryl Cole via a friend saying, you know, I'm not anybody's puppet. Well, of course, that's rubbish because she is. Because, as I said yesterday, without the help of Simon Cowell, she wouldn't be anywhere. She'd just be another girl in a girl band who haven't toured for ages and who have to try and sort of get some publicity. She wouldn't have done half the stuff 
that she's... In fact, she wouldn't have done three quarters of the stuff without the help of Simon Cowell. And I hate it when people... In the, if it's true, I hate it when people, you know, don't acknowledge that somebody's given them a hand up the ladder. And in her case, he's hoisted her frame up the ladder so far that, you know, she was taken to Cannes, she went to America, she's met all these high-powered people. All right, so she, she's back where, you, where, where she started again. But that doesn't matter. That really doesn't matter. It's the fact that without him, she would have been nothing. Absolutely nothing at all. And I think that people should be just a little bit more appreciative. Just a little bit more, thank you very much indeed, because I, you know, because I appreciate what you did for me. All right, so the America thing didn't work out. It's only a television programme, girl. Get over yourself. Chantelle Houghton, they call her a laughingly a model now. Chantelle living the dream, bit thick. In fact, quite a bit thick, actually. And so desperate for a job at the moment that uh, she has to get her body painted like a tiger to protest uh, to Parliament over the condemns' refusal to ban animals in circuses. Blimey, what do you do? Run up the stairs? Blimey, girl. Which kitchen did you use? Oh, it's cold water, isn't it? Just made tea with cold water. (laughs) And so here is poor old Chantelle, as I say, living the dream. The dream being, try and get a job anywhere, love. And uh, this thing, why should they ban animals in circuses? That's the, the only opportunity that some people get to see. People say, oh, they're mistreated. They're not. No, you don't get anything. You do get some foreign circuses where maybe things aren't perhaps uh, exactly the same here, but they have the World Championships, the World Circus Championships in Monaco. And, and it's amazing what some of these people, what Martin Lacey and his, uh, his family can do with big cats. I mean, I wouldn't go... These things are huge. I mean, they are so big. I mean, it frightens me to even think about it. it frightens me to even think about it. But that was the first... Oops. That was the first time, I think, that I'd seen... Uh, Animals. I can't remember if it was in a... Was it in a circus or was it... I think it might have been. Because I remember a cage coming in and then they sort of fly it up and they, they sort of assemble it. And I just quite... I, I was quite envious of people. I, don't, I couldn't do it. I wouldn't have anything to do with things. I'm terrified of cats. So, uh, you know, the idea of these big things and they jump over you and then the light... And you know, oh, dear. Just supposing they have an off day. Because all animals have off days. You know, like we all have off days. And you go to put your head in its mouth and the lion decides, you know, on that particular day, he's not going to hold his mouth open for as long as you want. <gasps> Dear me. They used to have them on the television in, in uh, or the BBC. Paul, Paul Daniels' show. I remember they had seals on there. Some guy from Las Vegas, he had a big seal act. I've seen polar bear acts. You know, the huge, these huge tower. You know, polar bear stands up. It's over nine feet tall. Some of them are just huge it's like, I wouldn't want to work with snakes. I'm terrified of things. I'm terrified of anything that can open its mouth that wide. There's a joke there somewhere, and I'm not going to do it at this time of the morning. So uh, Cheryl here, in the paper, she's angry Simon didn't have the guts to sack it himself. Oh, grow up, Cheryl. If it's true, but you're doing yourself no favour at all. You really aren't. Very embarrassing. Here's, uh, here's uh, Natasha. This is Natasha, who had the fling with Ryan Giggs. This is the wife of the brother. And then it turns out that Stacy, who I think is Ryan's wife, is saying she doesn't believe that Natasha had an affair. Why would you come out and say you'd had an affair for eight and a half years? It's a long time to have an affair, isn't it? I mean, that is, that, that's, that is a marriage. Eight and a half years. But uh, the whole thing has just gone a bit pear-shaped. Now they're actually saying that uh, Ryan Giggs has sparked a bitter family bust-up by trying to seduce his alleged lover's mum. He's worse than Tiger Woods. He's worse... No, he's not, actually. Tiger Woods was really, really bad. But as I said yesterday, and I'll stand by it again, 
I couldn't care less who he beds. It makes no difference. Why should it make any difference to us? Listen, if all these people were, were, were consenting adults and they were all enjoying... Perhaps he's great in bed. Who knows? Hang fire on that one. Most will have a chance to find out, I suppose, before the year is out, seeing as he'll work his way around the country. But I don't, I don't quite understand why it should make any difference. So he's married. What are we, judge and jury on somebody's marriage? Loads of married men cheat. Loads of married women cheat. Everybody does it. It's only, it's only a fling. It's only sex, for goodness sake. Which, of course, I find quite depressing to say at this time of the morning, you know, especially when you're not in a relationship. I, I couldn't care less, actually. It's more trouble than it's worth. I've always said to footballers, don't bother getting married. Have as much as you want. Pay for it. Sleep with hookers. Couldn't get ch- sleep with a chimney sweep. Or a milkman, because they're dead easy to pull. And, you know, who cares? It's not affecting... You know, if, if Ryan Giggs was doing a programme on happy families, I could understand it, but who cares? That's what he wants to do. If his wife wants to stay with him, that's her business. Look at John Terry. Good God in heaven. I mean, every footballer, we see it because they're so bored and they're so stupid footballers. I mean, they really are thick as planks, but they've got loads of money, so that makes them appealing to people. Women like money and power. Otherwise, Robert Maxwell wouldn't have bedded anybody, ugly old so-and-so. But he did because he had the power. People who've got the power. Radio presenters have got neither the power nor the attraction or the money, I'm afraid, so it kind of puts us way down the list. But people on television... They're there. I mean, it's dead easy. You see people in nightclubs throwing themselves at people if they're famous on the television. They love it. They love seeing famous people. Probably find even travel reporters get approached by people. Not round here, I shouldn't think, but, I mean, generally speaking, you know, people would... Because if, you, if you're famous for any, any small, you know, degree, people now are interested in you. Except Sarah Harding. Apparently, here she is, and uh, she was out the other day, her fiancé... Tom Crane won Best DJ at the London Club and Bar Awards. That was good, wasn't it? And she has said that um, she's not averse to taking her clothes off for a few films. Obviously, we've scraped the barrel so far because her film career went... She has got a few projects in the pipeline. She can't discuss them because she's bound to secrecy. I know it's difficult with those walk-on parts, isn't it, Sarah? I think you should just give up now, love. It's not going to happen. You're not going to be a big movie star because you can't act. Okay, I'm not totally convinced you could sing, but there you go. That's, I'm sure, for other people better qualified than I to comment on. Did you watch Emmerdale last night? A lot of people complaining about it because uh, yesterday was the suicide of the boy in the wheelchair, the paraplegic. And, uh, I mean, we went through the whole gamut of emotions. We cried, we did everything. He had them both in there, his former boyfriend and his mum. And they all cried and we cried. And his mum had got him this drink. I don't know where they got it from, because I can't remember that bit of the story. And, uh, and then his mum said, I can't give it to you, I can't give it to you. And it had a straw in it, because he wanted to take his own life. Because, and all he kept saying to me, listen, just remember me. Promise me that you'll remember me. So it became ter- It's Emmerdale, for God's sake. It's only a pretend little place in the Yorkshire Dales. And there's all sorts of suicide going on now. An assisted suicide. Ghastly. Mind you, of course, the, the last one was uh, poor old Viv, who used to run the corner shop. And we liked her. But the producer came in and went, oh, let's get rid of her. Well, she was one of the good characters. Then yesterday, Paddy, who shaved all his hair off and looks a little bit like a, a toffee apple without the colouring, or uh, the stick. And, um, and he was there sort of running around. And Aaron runs out after... Because he eventually gave his, his boyfriend the drink. 
and he drank it, and then they all came in and they did the whole thing. So he's, he's lying dead on the bed, but they don't know he's dead. So Paddy, the vet, comes in and goes, listen, sorry to in- interrupt him while he's sleeping. And Pauline Quirk goes, because nobody's recognised it's Pauline Quirk from Birds of a Feather. I can't believe it. They're in Emmerdale, and there's Pauline Quirk from Birds of a Feather, and nobody quite clearly has ever seen a television programme with her in it, because nobody has said, hello, Pauline. They've given her some other funny name. Perhaps they think she's a looky-likey. And, and she goes, no, he, he isn't sleeping. He's dead. And it goes, da-da-da, because they've now changed the music on Emmerdale. It's very dramatic. Very, very dramatic. I'm not sure I can cope with it much more. I came out of the house this morning thinking I feel so depressed. Quarter past five. These are the headlines. NATO ministers will discuss the progress of the military campaign in Libya later after Colonel Gaddafi renewed his vow to fight to the death. The dictator issued the defiant message last night, just hours after the most devastating strikes yet on his compound in Tripoli. There's a warning from consumer groups that half a million homes could be pushed into fuel poverty by more big energy price rises. Scottish Powers announced it's raising gas prices by 19% and electricity by 10% from August. Other big suppliers are expected to follow. And the Prince of Wales will be guest of honour at a fundraising performance of Shrek the Musical in London tonight. The Royal Gala performance at the Royal, uh, the Theatre Royal, beg your pardon, Drury Lane is an aid of the Prince's Foundation for Children and the Arts. Have a check on the road, shall we? It's Nathan James. Steve, thank you very much. Good morning in Enfield, Hartford. From 10. Morning, every 19 minutes past five. So, an emotional roller coaster in Emmerdale, and uh, I'm sure questions will be raised for the simple reason that it was before the watershed. Now, I don't know whether or not young children watch Emmerdale. I really don't know. I did think they dragged it out as much as they possibly could. It, uh, it was a sort of an assisted suicide. He wanted to end his life. It's only pretend, remember, it's not real. You know, they aren't real characters. Well, they're, they're real people, but they're just pretending. He's not really in a wheelchair. He's not really a paraplegic. And uh, and he decided he wanted to end his life. So we, we go through this, and then Aaron runs out, and then a couple of people chase him, and you get lots of people shouting, Aaron, Aaron! And um, and then eventually he goes, I've killed him, I've killed him. Because he gave him the uh, the cup with whatever the liquid was in it. I mean, the whole thing was just a little bit depressing, I'm afraid. You know, whichever way you look at it, it was it was a depressing storyline. Why can't we have something happy? I know they've dealt with other things in the, in the Dales before. You know, we've had plane crashes, we've had bombs going off, we've had sieges, we've had just about everything. I and mean, I don't think there's anything left in the uh, in any of the soaps that we've not covered. And uh, strangely enough, actually, everybody else is talking about it this morning. Even the TV critics are saying, you know, was it going a bit too far? Have we sort of plumbed new depths? I don't think we plumbed new depths. I just don't think that it's. That, you know, they, they think about these things very carefully. I think the actor wanted to come out, so obviously the best thing to do. Because I said at the time, the moment he arrived in there, I don't really know where we can go with this. I'm really not sure how far they can they can take this on. And, uh, and they obviously decided to reach the conclusion. A very depressing place to live, though, in the Dales. It really is. Uh, changing the subject, uh, Paul said, uh, before the uh, end of yesterday's show, you mentioned the TV show Beryl's Lot. And wondered if anybody knew about it. It wasn't based on anything to do with Beryl Reed, but actually a comedy drama series. Started in 73, was the story of a middle-aged woman who decided to better herself as she had time on her hands. A bit like a sort of an early Shirley Valentine. Featured Carmel McSharry in the title role. Among other things was in The Liver Birds and Mrs Hollingbury, who was Alf Garnett's neighbour in the sequel of Till Death Is Depart, which was called In Sickness and In Health. Her next-door neighbour was played by Barbara Mitchell which was the last role she played before she died. And she was in Please, Sir. She was the mum of Frankie Abbott. Who's mummy's little soldier, she used to say. We had Frankie Abbott on, and we did a programme with Frankie Abbott as well. He, he wrote a book about being in the business. 
And uh, fascinating to see people all these years later. She was also Irene Handel's daughter in For the Love of Ada with Wilfred Pickles. The show had your friend Pammy Cundell in a small role and was written by Kevin Lafan, who went on to create Emmerdale. So, not too surprising, made by Yorkshire Television in Leeds. Now, read the London pubs. I mentioned the film A Little What You Fancy on Sunday in regard to Wilton's musical. There is a scene in there showing entertainment 60s style in one called The Pegasus. Worth a look at. Well, I've just bought the film. I've just bought A Little of What You Fancy. It was the last one they had on Amazon. It was only about six quid, and it's got Helen Shapiro singing The Boy. The boy I love is up in the gallery. The boy I love is looking down at me. And uh, lastly, when mentioning the passing of Andrew Gold the other day, I didn't know his mother was Marnie Nixon. Well, I didn't know that. Marnie Nixon, of course, was the, uh, the Hollywood star who provided the singing voice of Audrey Hepburn and Deborah Carr. Audrey Hepburn in My Fair Lady uh, was Marnie Nixon singing. So Audrey Hepburn mimed. But I've got the DVD with Audrey Hepburn singing. And it wasn't too bad at all, but it was just that Marnie Nixon sounded better. So now you know. But I didn't know that uh, that was Marnie Nixon's son. Good grief. Things you learn on this programme. Uh, Kevin, the easy milkman, says, Steve, women love money and leather. I always pull with my cash bag over my shoulder. And I've got a sneaking feeling, Kev, it's just your cash bag thereafter. <laughs> Is it raining today, says Stephen Croydon? No? I don't know. It might be where you are. In fact, it's definitely going definitely gonna to uh, rain later. The rain in Spain stays mainly in Croydon, so it's going to be definitely raining later on today. Uh, read the Titanic. In, 1990, uh, in 1898, a book was written by Morgan Robertson or Robinson about a steam passenger ship that on the maiden voyage sails the Atlantic in April, hits an iceberg 400 miles off Newfoundland, sinks, and there's not enough life. Boats. The ship is called the Titan, the book The Wreck of the Titan. That sounds interesting, doesn't it? I like things like that. I laughed at the other day, that poor little bloke who... Um, whose boat sank. It was called Titanic. It was only a little tiny boat. Came out his maiden voyage and sank. Titanic 2. Didn't, didn't get very far. And I did laugh today as well. There was some bloke and uh, thefts from railways are increasing. People steal from railways. And uh, he was stealing some copper wire and he got electrocuted. So I'm delighted in that. It's, uh, and he said, I'm, I'm, I'm a warning, he said, for everybody else not to, not to nick things. I thought, good. Well, I'm glad you've been disfigured. I'm quite happy about that. Uh, you know, I'm, I might subscribe to certain bits of law where if you've caught nicking, they'd chop your hands off. Might actually, mind you, because you have nobody around anymore, would you, really? Because everybody seems to be pinching nowadays. So, uh, Daily Mirror this morning, you've got uh, Cheryl, I'm not Cowell's puppet. Uh, Doctor Who's Matt Smith is going to stay until the end of 2012. I haven't watched it with Matt Smith, because I don't... I, I, I only watched um, Doctor Who years and years ago. I haven't seen it for a long, long time. Long, 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 long time. And I love the story of a house cleaner, Ian Spencer... You know, you see these things. It goes, you know, houses cleared. What happens? Somebody dies, and the family goes, oh, God, who's going to clear? Listen, I tell you what, give us five grand, you can clear it all out and have whatever. So he pays five grand to this family, which, believe you me, is quite a lot. It turns out that the, uh, the bloke who had the house was a millionaire. And so this guy, Ian Spence, paid £5,000 and starts clearing out... And wrapped in a, in, a, in, a, in a rug, he finds two tapestries. So he thinks, well, that's quite nice. I, yeah, I might have made my money back. Anyway, he, he gets offered £400 by an antique dealer. So I'll give you £400 for them. He thinks, well, I'm, I'm doing even better than I thought. I'm getting the money back. Anyway, at the last minute, he decided not to sell them. And he went to get a second opinion. And it turns out they're 14th century tapestries that probably came from a German palace. And they're worth £2 million. 
So he's decided, and the court has said, you can keep them. You know, you actually paid money over to the family, and they said, you know, £5,000. That's what you've got to be very careful of, ladies and gentlemen. Whenever you get, especially if you're elderly, and this does happen a lot, you know, somebody comes knocking, and, hello, we're looking for any old antiques you've got, and they go round the house, and they will spot something that they want, but they'll pretend they don't want that. And they'll go, listen, I'll take that, that... £150? Chuck that in over there. Is it that, that old sideboard that you don't really want? And, of course, it's the thing that they, they do want. It always reminds me, there was a great Only Fools and Horses where Dell uh, has this piece of dreadful furniture and uh, he decides to get an antique dealer around. And I think her name was uh, Amanda. And she was terribly, terribly well-spoken like that. And she came round and she saw something in his flat that she wanted. And so she had to pretend that she fancied him because she wanted it from him. But she, was t- she couldn't say, by the way, I want that oil painting. And so, to cut a long story short, uh, she starts having a fling with him and he, 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 he thinks she's really interested in him. So he takes her out to the local curry house and he's, like, doing, all right, darling? And she's going, yes, Derek, that's really lovely, thank you. And, of course, she hates every minute of it. And, uh, and in the end, she looks at, you know, he said, it's your birthday, isn't it? And she goes, yeah, she's made it up, it wasn't her birthday. And he said, what would you like? She said, I, I quite like that little picture on the wall. And he goes, oh, he said, you can have that. Oh, God, you want that? So she goes, oh, don't, that's so sweet. Anyway, she then sort of takes it. She immediately gets the provenance changed to say that her parents have had it in the family for ages. And the next thing, he actually turns, he, he, he goes to see her. And she's not there. And the bloke who owns her shop said, no, no, she's at the uh, antique sale around the corner. And he goes there and she's selling the picture that she'd got from him. And, uh, and she says, uh, mummy and daddy will swear that that picture's been in our family for years. He said, I'm so glad to have got shot of it. He said, because I know where that picture came from. He said, I know what that picture is. And she said, well, how, how do you know? He said, because my old mum was a cleaner to a titled gentleman and she nicked it from him years ago. So, good luck, sweetheart, he said, and he walks out, of course, now knowing that she's got a nicked picture. It's classic stuff, classic. Great writing, great, great writing. I loved it. So the idea that you've got £5,000 that you shelled out and you've now got two tapestries worth £2 million, Woo! That's what I call a result, ladies and gentlemen, a result. Uh, also in the paper today, there's a lot of twitchers out I'm always amazed that every time you get a rare bird, and I don't mean somebody from Girls Aloud or Cheryl Cole, a rare bird arrives in a garden. In this particular case, it's a rare robin, a white-breasted robin, and uh, it's come from a long, long way away. How many people turned up? Hundreds and hundreds of twitchers climbing over walls to get a picture of this poor little robin. LBC 97.3 5,000 twitchers could turn up to have a look at this bird, which, which could be here for, they reckon, a couple of days. 15 minutes it took for the first people to start turning up. And then they go crack it. They're mainly blokes. And they turn up with their big cameras just to get a picture of this poor robin, which has flown from East Africa to Turkey. And they, they reckon it got a bit disorientated. I don't know what it's doing here. I mean, perhaps the, perhaps the grubs are better here. But it's a, it's a white throated robin. It grows up to 6.3 inches, weighs under an ounce, and lives on fruit and bugs from the edge of forests and scrubland in Turkey. And obviously it's got no friends, because it flew over all by itself. You know, you'd think if you're going on holiday, go with somebody else. You know, go two of you. Make up a party, three or four. Then you can go in convoy. You know, OK, we'll all follow you. Fly, 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 fly. Perhaps he was on a stack do by himself. <laughs> he said, perhaps he, he was heading to the stag do and then got a bit lost. Bless his heart. He'd, he'd had a couple of sherbets on the way, and then sitting in his garden, the next minute there's people pointing, he's going, hello, this is all right. 
I'm a Robin, I'm a celebrity. Get me out of here. So they're all, they're all climbing up. They all bring ladders, these people. They bring ladders, binoculars and everything else. Very odd twitchers, aren't they? I've never actually talked to a twitcher. I suppose you can have a normal conversation, could you, with them? I mean, do they, they talk about things apart from, you know, sort of tits and, and, and other things that you find in the garden? And they all want photographs of them. Very bad. Mind you... We haven't seen one of these for years. 1990, and then before that, I think it was about 1983. So in bird-twitching terms, this is, this is kind of rare. Rob says, there really is no beginning to Cheryl Cole's talents. She can't sing, has got nothing to say worth hearing, and dances like my nan. What next for her after being a prop on the Simon Cowell show? I reckon she'll either have to bring out a clothing range, like all the other low-rent no-marks, or marry a footballer. No, she, she's done the marrying the footballer. The trouble is, he, he was interested in other people. And, uh, so I don't know, she's probably in hiding at the moment. P- p- people are very, very difficult nowadays. They're all, you know, very needy. And they're, they're sort of very emotional. They're all, they, they, they're just, they're, they're fragile. They can't handle things by themselves. Uh, Brian reckons that Matt Smith is the worst Doctor Who since Sylvester McCoy said, and that's saying something. Oh, so dear. I'm so glad I don't watch Doctor Who, then. Uh, bogus designer goods are being targeted by consumer websites to stop shoppers being ripped off online. That's a good idea, isn't it? I mean, everything is, uh, is ripped off now. Everything, you know, if it's Chanel and uh, Ugg and Adidas and... I mean, just about everything. £82 billion a year, they reckon, is lost in fake clothing. I mean, why don't they go round to the factories, which are quite clearly based in China, and just blow them up? Because it can't be that difficult to find out where this stuff comes from. Most of it is, is China, isn't it? So you just go, I'm terribly sorry, we're going to come in and blow your factory up. OK, there you go. End of problem. It's so simple. I don't know why people faff around wasting time. You just go and drop a bomb on them and that, and then no more fake designer handbags. Because everything is faked now. Perfume and medicine and condoms and ne- everything. Wh- whatever you can think of, it can be faked. You're probably listening. I mean, how do you know at the moment? I am a genuine Steve Allen. You don't know this. You know because I'm here at this time of the morning. But I could have been brought in from China. Qing chao xie jiao. You know, you do not know. As to whether or not, you know, I'm just here programmed to say certain things. Paul in Hampshire says, are you choosing the Christmas tree for London again? Oh, I wish. God, it was cold. Oh, that was so cold. Oh, that was unbelievably cold. Beautiful, beautiful, but, oh, by God, it was cold. My feet went so cold. I mean, I don't know why, but I've got really bad circulation anyway. But my feet were terrible. In fact, I had to stand on a heated log. Because in the middle of the forest, when we were cutting the tree down... And you uh, all saw the pictures last year. I mean, it was, it was lovely, but it was freezing. My little, my hands were all right, but the wind, oh dear. In the middle of the forest, it's just very, very beautiful. It's just really beautiful. And they have this, they give you all these hot drinks and everything, which is horrible. But they had loads of food and they had this log, which was on fire. So we could all, and you have to put your feet on it to keep them warm. My feet were so cold, I didn't think they would ever thaw out. It was really that, tramping through the snow. Oh, dear, and we had little kids out there who were singing. It was really lovely, actually. It was very, very pretty, but, God, it was cold. It really was. Um, Brian says, read the thief who stole the, uh, the copper wire and got burnt. We shouldn't pay for his medical care. Oh, I absolutely agree. I absolutely agree. They, they, they turn up in hospital. In America, they've, they've got it sussed out. I'm sorry, do you have medical insurance? No. Well, we're not treating you then, but I might die. <laughs> so you die. It's medical insurance time. It's only this country where you get people who arrive in you know, on an aircraft, and then immediately check themselves into a hospital because they get treated for free. I'd be, I'd be stamping that on the head straight away. Straight away. Mostly sunny start this morning. If you're going off to work, my advice is take your umbrella. 
take a little umbrella. And the reason being, they say, heavy showers by this afternoon. Maximum temperature, 18 degrees centigrade. Currently, it's nine. Pollen count is moderate. Tonight, dry generally. Patchy cloud dispersing to leave mostly clear skies. And tomorrow, sunny to start, but showers developing late morning or early afternoon. So do remember, take an umbrella with you tomorrow as well. Okay. Do you know, nine out of ten burglars wear trainers worth up to £120 when they break into a house. Let's take their trainers away from them. I think that's a good idea, isn't it? The younger the thief, the more expensive their shoes. And incidentally, if you're an apple eater, and I do quite like apples, I have a slight aversion to the crunch... In fact, even thinking about the crunching makes me feel a bit... like that. But uh, the, the best bit to eat on the apple is the skin. Apparently, it's only good as a superfood if you eat the peel. Now, I used to love it. My mum used to peel an apple, and I would just eat the skin. I used to love the skin. <laughs> Great. The apple bit I wasn't, wasn't particularly bothered about. But the skin, fantastic. Fantastic. I noticed they're all talking about Wayne Rooney's uh, operation for his hair. I, couldn't, I said before, I couldn't care less. If that's what he wants to spend ten grand on, that's up to him, or thirty grand. An African football team have vanished from their hotel without a trace. Nine Senegal players disappeared on Sunday, the day they were due to fly home from France, and three others went missing a week earlier. Uh, Border police believe the men have fled to live as illegal immigrants. There's a surprise. There's a surprise. (laughs) It's just non-stop, isn't it? And uh, if your sex life has gone off the boil, then there are countless pills and products. And what they're looking at here is the sex boosters. What rocks and what flops? Because apparently Peter Andre was giving some advice to Robbie Williams the other day and saying you should try Viagra, mate. Uh, well, seeing as Peter Andre actually hasn't had a love life really since, since, since Jordan, it makes you wonder whether or not he needed Viagra when he was with Jordan. Not exactly the best prospect, is it? I'm going to go to bed with. Oh, God. And, uh, you know, anything else I leave to your imagination. And he said it was marvellous. I have to be honest, though, Viagra is not the be-all and end-all. It just doesn't work instantly for men. You don't just take a tablet and then, bing. You know, it's not like that at all. It's completely different. You have to be in the mood for it. And uh, so the very idea that Peter Andre gives love life, uh, you know, sort of advice to people, I find, I find quite funny, quite funny. So he's, he's a funny little person who's parading his children on the television for the umpteenth time. Some this morning, Ryan Giggs. Oh, and Lady Gaga in no bra-bra and uh, wearing funny clothes. <laughs> That's all I can tell you. That's all I can say- tell you. Uh, Emma Dale, the suicide row. A lot of people are going to be complaining about things like that. Here's Wayne Rooney on holiday. He's a pale little thing, isn't he? But somebody who plays football all the time. He's very pasty. And here's Colleen. <laughs> a little bit of a chipmunk, isn't she? Wearing one of about five million bikinis that she probably took with her. Uh, and here is uh, little Kai, their daughter. Sorry, so son. Um, sorry, I forget what it is now. And uh, he, he's got loads of outfits as well, because they've got loads of money. Unfortunately, poor old Wayne Rooney still looks like a bag lady. Whatever he puts on, he just looks scruffy. Can't help it at all. Uh, Twitter users could face legal action if they breach privacy injunctions. You have been warned. You have been warned. And uh, ministers were blasted last night for axing powers used to ban a terror suspect feared to be plotting a Mumbai-style massacre from living in London. 
I find it absolutely unbelievable, the amount of people we welcome over here. The other day they were saying that Robert Mugabe's regime, murdering so-and-so that he is, and please God, the baby Jesus takes him soon, um, they had no end of false voters, so he could get himself back into power, the corrupt old despot. Uh, the man who thieves from his own people. Uh, his wife's another thieving one as well. Ghastly people. Absolutely revolting. But uh, luckily he's not going to live for much longer. So that's, that's the good news for today. 220... No, it wasn't. It was 22,000 volts that this, uh, this copper wire thief got shot through. Oh, good. Oh, good. I feel very much better about 22,000. And he broke into an electricity substation and he's warned of the dangers of stealing copper cables. Good. I'm so glad that you've been hurt beyond belief. He says, people think it's easy, but they don't realise how stupid they are. Well, we can see how stupid you are, mate. His name's James Sorby. James is 22, but with the mental ability of a piece of, uh, piece of carpet, I think, I'm afraid. There's another bloke in the paper. He's in prison. You won't have much sympathy for him. He's in prison for knife attacks. And he's suing the prison because one of the prison warders ruined his Roger's thesaurus because they were looking for drugs and weapons. So he's suing the prison, saying that, you know, it's my right to, uh, to be able to have a thesaurus. And you think, yeah, he's, he said people deserve to be treated with respect, mm, like the people you attacked with your knife, I suppose. You can't believe in prison, can you? What a soft touch it must be in there. Small wonder nobody believes it's a deterrent at all. They all, they all go in there and they go, that's not bad in here, is it? It's not bad at all, quite like this. Few, uh, few Matt Smith people walking out of the closet now going, we love him. Matt Smith has been the only new Doctor Who worth watching. Easily the best since Tom Baker. I like Tom Baker. Quite mad, but I love him to pieces. And there's a poor a man here called Andrew DeLuca in America. He went to a strip club and, uh, and apparently one of, the, uh, one of the dancer's stilettos hit him in the mouth and knocked his teeth out. So he's suing for £30,000. And the strip club are saying, well, you know, it's, you should have been sitting so close to the stage. And... Uh, and, and he, he said, well, there weren't any signs saying, do not sit too close to the stage. So that's why he's, that's why he's suing. I love it, really. Um, love one here. Memo to Will I Am, manager to Cheryl Cole. Your rampant ego is writing checks that your marginally talented client can't cash. Memo to Cheryl. Wake up, Wallace, and get rid. It's a shame, really. Poor old Cheryl Cole. I'm sure something nice will happen to her. I'm sure it will. I can't think off the top of my head what's going to happen. But uh, I'm just glad I got two pounds off Will Gowing. That's all I'm happy about. Nintendo have launched this new um, Wii, uh, which has got... You don't need a TV screen, because it's got the built-in screen on it. So that's a good idea, isn't it? I quite like that one. So you've got the Nintendo Wii that doesn't need a TV, and Help for Heroes have launched a range of underwear for men. Underwear for men. So you can, you know... it's. I think some of it's camouflage, and it's got Help for Heroes on it. It looks quite nice. They offered to send me some... A sample, so I can see what the quality was like. I'm sure I want to be seeing that. I mean, you're hardly going to showing people, are you? Well, I don't think so. I don't know. Some people might, and some people weren't. Oh, guess who's on holiday? Yes, it's good old Frank Lampard and uh, and Christine Bleakley. And here they are on holiday, and he's slipping his hand down the back of her uh, bikini. He's obviously lost something, like a car or something. I don't know. And uh, so they're on holiday in Las Vegas, and uh, so they're both struggling. Because he put England's disappointing 2-2 draw with Switzerland behind him. And Christine must have been pleased to give the slip to the ailing breakfast show Daybreak. Hemorrhaging people on a daily basis, poor soul. But luckily they've gone to a nice open place where they can be photographed. And uh, it's so sweet to see two people in love. (sighs) 
There's also a, a mother's bond here. This is with uh, Hannah Waterman. Uh, sorry, Hannah Wetton and her mum, Carol. Looks like any other mother and daughter. Well, it doesn't. And the reason it doesn't is because uh, 16 years of her life, Hannah was Aaron, who was Carol's son. I don't think it's in this country, is it? For some reason. I, th- I don't know whether it is. I'm sort of going through. Oh, no, they do go in Leicester. The trouble is, it doesn't look like a girl. It does look like a boy with slightly long hair. Whereas some people do look very much like uh, girls. Uh, it says, my little boy's grown up to be a girl of 17. And it's gender dysmorphia. It isn't the same as transvestism. It isn't the same as homosexuality at all. The person feels trapped in the body of the wrong gender. It affects boys about five times more often than girls. Nobody knows the cause of this at all. But typically, symptoms, I think, begin often before school age. By adolescence, there's often unhappiness, guilt, shame, and sometimes depression. So now, this uh, this young girl is is a lot happier as a person. For that, we should be grateful. Everybody should be happy, shouldn't they? At least once in their life, they should be. And uh, I must tell you about this girl in a moment. Her name's Mia Jenkins. Mia Jenkins had a dream. You're going to be horrified when you hear what the dream is. You're absolutely going to be horrified. These are the headlines. NATO ministers will discuss the progress of the military campaign in Libya later, after Colonel Gaddafi renewed his vow to fight to the death. Defence Secretary Liam Fox says the number of cyber attacks on the UK has doubled over the past year. In a speech in London last night, he said the Ministry of Defence alone has dealt with more than a 1,000 attempts to breach security in 12 months. And as many as 100,000 new homes could be built on land currently owned by the state over the next four years. Every Whitehall department with a large land bank has been instructed to publish plans on how it will release space for building. Have a check on the roads for this morning. Get you there nice and quickly with the help of Nathan James. Steve, thank you. In Enfield, Hartford Road, that's now reopened northbound. So here's this uh, young girl in the paper today, and she's 13, and her name's Mia Jenkins. And what did she want? What sort of theme did she want for her 13th birthday party? Was it, was it Barbie? Was it, you know, Glee? Was it Shrek? Was it, I don't know. No, she's a huge fan of my big fat gypsy wedding. So they got this dress made for her, and uh, she insisted her party had all the trappings of the Channel 4 show. So, in other words, tacky all the way through, I'm afraid. And so she arrived in a horse and carriage with a burly minder, family friend Andy Marshall, who looks like he's a bit handy, you know, as they say. Mia, who comes from Manchester, I love the show. And they've got all her friends looking at her there, horrified that they know somebody who's a fan of my big fat gypsy wedding at 13. Oh, very worrying, very worrying. Um, dum, 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 dum. Uh, here's Louis Walsh. Something about Louis Walsh. I never get the feeling he's being himself on television. He turned up the other day, I think, on Loose Women with Gary Rhodes. So we'll, we'll talk to you next week. I haven't talked to Gary Rhodes for ages and ages and ages. Ages and ages. And I went down to his restaurant years ago and uh, had a lovely... I used to go out to restaurants all the time. I now try and sort of hold back a little bit, I think, on restaurants. But um, here's, here's Louis Walsh who isn't quite... He was only plugging that girl band that he manages. That's all it was. They must have had a gap in the in the schedule. But now they're saying that the X Factor judges were reduced to tears at auditions because they discovered a singer who was so good. Gobsmacked Gary Barlow gushed, a superstar has been born in front of me after Jade Alexis Richards sang. A born superstar. So that's good news, isn't it? Mind you, they have to start getting the, the publicity in as quick as possible. You know, it's the only way to do it. The only way is Essex uh, girls are still dragging their weary carcasses around nightclubs and uh, and award ceremonies. 
And uh, there's two of them here, Lydia Bright and Lauren Goodger. I don't know, what do these people do for a living? The answer is apparently nothing. Apparently nothing. It's all going to end in tears, you know. It's going to end in tears. Ended in tears for Robert Lindsay after the BBC axed my family. He said it was ruined by being shown after 9pm. Exactly, it shouldn't have been shown after 9pm. Definitely not. Definitely not. Daily Star on the front page. They've got uh, um, Frank Lampard and Christine Bleakley on holiday in a very public place, knowing that there's camera crews around to get some pictures. I think probably they phone and say, well, we're going to be in Las Vegas, we're going to be at the Bellagio, or wherever it is. Uh, Dawn in Ricelip is going to see the Paul O'Grady show with Lady Gaga. That will be a good one. Recorded on Friday. Says, I now have somewhere to go on Saturday too, because Hubby has got his tickets to go and see Anton Deck's new show, Red or Black. Now, this is the new show where you can win a lot of money. It's uh, recorded at Wembley Arena. Should be good. Looks quite interesting. Not really sure what I'll see, but it's something to do with games and events and betting on red and black. It is. It's, it's roulette. It's based on the, the guy who went to Las Vegas years ago and he cashed everything in. He sold his house and he put all the money on... I can't remember which one it was. Just say black. And black came in and he won a lot of money. Not millions and millions, but he won a lot of money. And it's based on that. So this Anton Deck red or black show, I think produced by Simon Cowell, pretty certain, or certainly by his uh, company, uh, will have a giant roulette wheel, and I think loads of members of the audience will be allowed to take part. They're not just doing that. You'll have to qualify, and you'll have to get various questions right, and if you get five, six questions right, then at the very end of that, you can spin the wheel, and uh, you can say, right, I'm going to put everything on red, and if you spin it and it comes in on red, you win, if it comes in on black, you lose everything. So that's good. Uh, Noreen says, have you got a spy in Mykonos to give reports of what Christo's up to? Believe you me, I don't think we need any reports of what Christo's going to be up to. He'll be there by now, won't he? Lying on the beach. The tide will be sitting out there waiting to come in. Uh, Victoria Beckham is binging on crisps and cola. Crisps, how lovely. Do you know what somebody gave me the other day? I shouldn't eat them. My neighbour Lynn. And they're, because I love dime bars. I really do like dime bars, but they brought out, and she bought them in Ikea, they're dime sweets. So they, they come in a packet, a little bit like a Rolo. And she bought... I've never even heard of them before. They call them Dame. I think it's D-A-I-M, but it's a dime bar. But in, in little sweet form. How cool is that? Something about the, the inner filling of, of a dime bar that gets me every single time. I love it. Uh, Clive, uh, she's fine. Thank you for asking. Absolutely fine. And uh, the reason uh, that Miss Cole, says Bob, thinks she's special is because she's bombarded with adoration on a daily basis from the chav element of the British public. The same group of people who worship, worship at the shrine of Chantel, Katona, Jordan and Mr Andre. I think the British media think of her as the Lady Diana of entertainment. Yes, only certain people. It's like all the people who turn up to a, uh, a Jordan book signing. You've only got to see them there. There's a, there's a few queens and then some very chavvy girls... And uh, and it's it's a bit naff, I'm afraid. <laughs> you couldn't elevate her to any, any sort of particular level in the British public psyche. But as long as she's making her money, that's all that matters. I couldn't care less, really. I find her very funny. She's just taken delivery of a new pink Range Rover, I think. <laughs> Ghastly. I think of anything worse in colour. Although, actually, just to wind people up, I'd quite like to have a Bentley sprayed pink. <laughs> I don't think it's going to happen. Uh, take that, Robbie Williams. Can't wait to see Big Brother back on the box. You're going to be so disappointed. It's going to be such a cheap show. It was dumped before because it was rubbish. It was dumped because nobody was remotely interested. Now Channel 5 have picked up on it. I think even less people are going to be interested, I'm afraid. Uh, Sarah Ferguson, here again. And uh, she, she now says that she doesn't owe any money. 
but she's still droning on and on about how she wasn't invited for Christmas. As one of the columnists said, you know, why is she going on about this? All she's got to do... Surely her children, who are grown up now, can have one year with sort of their grandmother and then one year with their real mother. But obviously, that you know, I suppose... Do we have to spend Christmas with mother? Oh, God. That'll be dreary, won't it? Because I should imagine at home she's as boring as hell. She's as boring as hell everywhere else. So they stick her on the television... And uh, apparently she's been at rock bottom. Oh, God, aren't you sick to death of people who plead me, 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 me all the time? You know, she's been at rock bottom ever since her mother, you know, said we've got to get the devil out of you. You've got the sign of the devil, I'm going to beat that devil out. I mean, we've only got Sarah Ferguson's word for this because her mother, Susan Brantis, uh, died some time ago. And it's, it's a new series called Finding Sarah. She broke down in tears. She moaned about not being invited to the royal wedding. I mean, to be honest with you, why would they invite you, Sarah? I mean, you cannot be this dumb at this age in your life. You know, she's 51 now, but she's behaving like a petulant three-year-old. I want to come for Christmas. I want... Well, they don't want you there. Put it this way, it's not Andrew's house. It's not the daughter's house. It's the Queen's house, and she doesn't want you there. Because you're not in the family anymore. You're se- just in case you weren't aware of it. You are separated, OK? You are separated. Here's a little bit on Sarah Harding. Uh, saying that she will whip her kit off for the right film role. There's no end of uh, 35mm porno films. I'm sure they'd be more than happy to have you in, Sarah. But in anything else, Popsy, I'm going to be talking later on today to Sarah Lancashire. And she says there is never any reason for actresses or actors to take their clothes off. You know, no matter what anybody says, they go, of course it's integral to the, uh, to the plot. And you go, no, it's not. Of course it's not. It's absolutely not. You can keep your clothes on for everything. Nobody wants it. It takes away all the, the mystique. Although in Sarah Harding's case, I think we've seen her in every state but. And uh, to be honest with you, she's now so desperate for publicity, she's resorted to saying, you know, I would take my clothes off for the right role. What would be the right role, dear? Do tell me. So playing sort of mummy wooden top wouldn't be it, would it? Something serious like, you know, Mrs Tarzan or anything like that. I can't think of anything whereby they would ask you to take the, uh, the clothes off. Actually, talking of clothes coming off, I'm looking at Debbie Reynolds on the telephone. All these different clothes. And I think they are... These are famous clothes. I think Debbie Reynolds owns loads and loads of famous dresses from Hollywood stars. We love Debbie Reynolds. We love Debbie Reynolds. Actually, we also love, as well, uh, Rosalind DeWolf. Because uh, Rosalind DeWolf, and the name will mean something, because uh, there is a company called DeWolf Music... And uh, she said, I spoke to Holly this morning because I came in at the end of the conversation when you were talking about the TV series Queenie's Castle. And she says, we've got 26 favourite old TV themes on one CD called Top Dog, which she sent me in. And uh, she said, track 13 is the title music to Queenie's Castle. She said, it's called The Greatest Show on Earth by Peter Reno. Might be fun to play it on Wednesday morning and see if it jogs the memories of your older listeners. I bet it will. So what we'll do, we'll do that the other side of the news. We'll give you a chance to... Uh, because I, I haven't listened to it yet. And to be honest, I cannot remember if, if I thought I would, I would know the theme from Queenie's Castle. Because the pub she had, the Iron Bridge, is now sort of like a hostel-stroke hotel. I looked at pictures of it uh, on the internet this morning, which is good. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. By the way, Victoria Beckham... Says Martin can eat whatever she wants, as far as I'm concerned. Anything that puts a smile on that face of hers. I know, she doesn't smile very often. I think secretly she smiles. But 
privately, sorry, publicly, she doesn't. So I think, you know, at home, she probably smiles and laughs, and then she probably thinks that she looks better when she looks miserable. And she has, she has got a miserable face. Her mouth droops. And that makes her look a little bit more miserable than, uh, than most other people. It's a shame, really, isn't it? Because some people have got fantastic smiles. Really, really good smiles. And, uh, and, and other people don't. And she's one of those who don't have a really good smile. Uh, bingo wings. Will a miracle cream work wonders for women? No. OK, you've got bingo wings, you're going to have bingo wings. There's nothing that's going to get rid of it. There's nothing that's get rid of all this, the, the dimpling on the back. Nothing at all. Absolutely nothing. So, you know, you can spend as much money as you want and you'll still end up with bingo wings. The only thing, I suppose, is, uh, is sort of exercise. And that, and that would be quite, uh, quite serious uh, exercising. More pictures in the Express today of uh, Colleen soaking up the sun by herself and, uh, and Wayne keeping his hair transplant under his hat, which is actually some of the best pictures that you're ever going to see of Wayne Rooney, because when eventually he's going to take the hat off and we're going to see it, I know we've seen a couple of pictures on, on Twitter and things like that, but uh, what will it really look like? Will it look like Jason Gardner's hair or will it look really thick and luxuriant? Only time will tell. So it's time to vote for the business idea you want to win 55... Morning, everybody. Seven minutes past six. So here is this piece of music. I, I promised to play it because I'm, I'm, I don't think, actually, Jonathan Levi will, will recognise this piece of music. It's a bit well, before not. your time. It's, it's a television theme. OK. OK, from a programme that was, I mean, very popular in its day. And, uh, and it's on a CD called Top Dog, which has got all these TV themes on it. But I can't remember it. And I haven't played it to myself yet. All we know is it's track 13. So, as they say in all the best circles, spin that disc... You know, I, I mean, you could have had a quiz on the television. That I wouldn't have had the faintest idea. I've got no idea. It sounds like a sort of old-fashioned quiz show. No, it, well, it, it was called Queenie's Castle. Queenie's Castle. That does ring a bell. Yeah, it was. It was uh, a woman called Queenie Watts who starred with Arthur Mullard in a lot of things. Yes, my dear, and Romany Jones and stuff like. What on earth is that noise? Was that that? Oh, or there? just that. Kurt. Yeah. Oh, that's where we get that noise from, because that reverberates up through the microphone. I wonder where it came from before. We couldn't work it out. And um, there's all sorts of things on it. Vision On, the gonk, the power game, and everything else. Oh, Vision On, I remember Vision On. I remember on. Vision On, because yeah. that was the programme for, for deaf people, wasn't it? Yes. But we loved it. I thought it was great. It had, that's where Morph came from. Yeah. And then Tony Hart would go, let's have a look at your pictures in the gallery. And they're all really good. <laughs> you know, and, and we'd all go, oh, lovely. And they'd go, they'd, they'd play this sort of xylophone thing and they'd show you the picture. And they'd go, I never sent a picture in, but which I had. Tony Hart was very good, wasn't he? was he? very good, Tony Hart. We like that. A, a, a proper, proper TV programme. But Queenie's Castle, I think I've got some on DVD. Oh. And, that, and, and of course, with, with Tony Hart and Morph, mm. that's where a young Nick Park started. Yes, yes, yes. Working on Morph. Yes. Working with Plasticine. Yes. Inspiring. Today to come up with Wallace and Gromit and... Clever, isn't it? Yeah, set up Which has now become so stuff. huge throughout the world. Absolutely enormous. It's so successful. Do you watch Shaun the Sheep? Um, I have seen a little bit. I mean, I know what it is. It doesn't come out of It doesn't do it for me, I'm afraid. It's good I, for little kids. Was, was, was Chicken Run Nick Park? Chicken Run was his, yeah. Yeah, I think that, that, was, that was quite clever. They did two films with um, DreamWorks. Chicken Run right. and uh, the other one... 
the other um, one? What was the other Curse one? Curse of the Were-Rabbit. Oh, right. Oh, I didn't like that. It wasn't so good. No, it, it wasn't just good. I think they'd sort of use... I think people still like Wallace and Gromit. They do. They still do one good. sort of every Christmas, don't they, for the BBC, Arvin? Yeah. Which dude does very well. Well, there you go. We like that. It's, it's gentle entertainment. Rosalind, thank you for sending in that CD. It's very nice. But I, I, you could almost have a competition playing it to somebody saying, which show was this? Because no, I don't think anybody would remember these theme tunes. Some of them were instantly recognisable and <clears throat> some of them weren't. And that was one that weren't. <laughs> uh, also, the papers, Facebook has been accused of eroding the privacy of millions of British users by stealth after they switched on facial recognition technology without telling them. Facebook gets in trouble, doesn't it, because it does things first, introduces yeah. things, and then instead of opting in, you have to opt out so that you automatically have the update yeah. unless you go into your security settings and opt out of it, which people get into... Because, f- it, you know, you sort of think it should be the other way around. They should yeah. say, we're bringing out this new thing, it's an option. Yes. If you want it, then go to this bit of the site and say yes to it, but no, they do it the other way around, so everybody gets it unless they say no. Yeah, that, that's almost like, tick this box if you don't want to receive things. Exactly. So many people don't read that bit, they yeah. just think, if I tick the box, it means I'm going to get it. Yeah. Because that's what a tick means. Tick means, yes, please. Yeah, it's clever reverse it's psychology. It's clever reverse psychology, yes. Yeah. I've fallen for that one loads of times. I have as well. But all sorts of strange brochures turning out. And different companies do it different ways round, don't they? To do, so it confuses yes. you. Not good, but now they've got this... Uh, this sort of feature which helps members tag pictures. So what does that exactly... Do you know what it... The face, does that mean that if there are pictures of you on the internet in, say, Google Images, yeah. they will find their way onto your yes. photos? Because what it does here, there was no announcement about the change. It runs automatically. So members have to opt out through personal settings. Yeah. So, it's, so in other words, it's doing it, but you need to opt out to stop it doing it. You've got to be careful with your security settings on Facebook, don't you? Yes. For listeners at home. I don't know. I, I don't do Facebook, so... Oh. I'm, I'm not, uh, she does Facebook, Caroline does Facebook. Caroline she loves does it. Facebook. She loves it. She I hope she's got very strict security settings. Have you got secret? No, she'll talk to anybody. She's not really that bothered. Okay. She talked to anybody. She's got hundreds of, hundreds of people she's never even met. <laughs> but she knows them all through Facebook. She's got 6,000 friends, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> actually, the funny thing is, I've, you know, you, you sort of count how many people are there and following you, and you think, how many do I actually know out of these people, and how many people have just latched on because they've come to you from, from another friend on there? You're on Twitter, aren't you? Yes, I'm, I'm on Twitter. You do Twitter, but not Facebook. Yes, yeah. yes. So there's lots of stuff about hair in the papers, aren't there? First hair. of all, there's Wayne Rooney's hair transplant. Oh, yes, yes. Now there's a mention of Ryan Giggs having a hair tra- or something about baldness and Ryan Giggs and yeah. stress and whatnot. And it's um, hair... Has become the new thing, really, hasn't it? Who's got it? Who's not got it? Who's going to get it? I've not got it. Anton Deck. Yes, yes. One of them's um, lots of thick, luscious hair. Now he had his hair transplant. Yeah. Jimmy Nesbitt's hair transplant. Lots of people have had some very good yeah. hair transplant. Transplants. Haven't yeah. They? I mean, to be honest with you, I mean, I'm, if if you could take a tablet and all of a sudden your hair would grow luxuriantly, you know, all over, yeah. then that that'd be fantastic. I'd, I'd probably go for that. Thirty grand surgery and lots of pain. Um, no, um. I don't think so. Strange enough, Anthony Davis, uh, who used to present overnight here, he has a toupee. Yes, a wig. Which, which he's worn on. Approach. But the trouble is, it's, he always wears it as a bit of a joke. But it's so good, he bought it in America and it was so cheap. It was, he bought it online, I think. It was something like 30 quid. They can blow off in the wind. Well, he's been known to. A friend of mine told me yes. a rather embarrassing story about uh, some filming with Bruce Forsyth on a windy day in oh, America. No. <laughs> Bruce wasn't amused. Really? No. It blew off? Yeah. <gasps> Do you not have... That's why you have toupee tape. Right. Isn't it? Yeah, but... Or super glue, I, I, I think prefer if to call a, it. an almighty gust... Yes. It can lift up. 
dear me. Well, I've seen Anthony's and it, it looks very good. I was going to try it on myself. I thought, no, it looks silly with hair. I got so used to not having hair. Why would you then want hair? So I'd, I'd never spend 10,000 or 20,000. You've got hair anyway. It's just short. Yes, I, I like to keep it short. That's not the same as It's a sign of hair, virility, apparently. Yes, the bald virile type. The bald virile type. I'm, I'm the Yule Brinner of the radio world. You know, mm. a lot of people find me very sexually alluring. Talking of sexually Sadly, it's all alluring. the wrong people, I'm afraid. Lady Gaga's wearing less and less and less every Isn't single photo shoot. Isn't she just? We've now seen almost everything. Yes. I agree. She's going to be interviewed by Paul O'Grady, I think, Friday. Oh, is she? Yeah, she's going to be singing four songs on his uh, on his show, which I quite like. I like the um, uh, the new Wii U, which was unveiled yesterday. And uh, this is um, Nintendo's new console, which is it's got a 6.2-inch touchscreen and a camera. And it's exactly the same as that Sony thing they brought out. Oh, OK. I can't remember what it's called now. I ordered one from Japan. What, so you don't need a TV for you it don't anymore. need a TV, no, it's all built in. Oh. I never got into Wii's. I've not really been into a Wii no. either. I, I know different people. Sony have unveiled their uh, next-generation portable gaming machine, PlayStation Vita. Apparently it will cost uh, up to £180. It's all right, isn't it? Yeah. It is huge gaming. Gaming makes TV and film just look tiny small yes. fry small business but yet it's still hard to find anyone that's b- bothered about it. It, it i always think it was kids i never ever thought it was adults kids who were interested in huge numbers yes but but geeky kids yeah it's like it's like kids who you see on skateboards you know they're always a bit i mean i never had a skateboard no i had a little skateboard though did you wasn't i wasn't very good right i tried to do ollies off the curb did i do what an ollie. An ollie? What's an ollie? It's like when you do a kind of flicking jump off a curb. <sighs> Tried to do it when I was about 14. Right. Fell over. Hurt my knee. Yeah. Well, you don't want to do that again, do you? Because you asked me... I tell you, I saw the stupidest thing the other day. We were driving out, and I saw a bloke on a motorbike in a pair of shorts. And I kept thinking, are you the stupidest man alive? Because if you come off a motorbike, you know, and there are accidents almost on an hourly basis in London and the throughout... Yeah, because people whiz up now. And you're in shorts... You're going to do yourself immeasurable damage. You're supposed to be wearing biking leathers, but quite clearly this man's brains were not in between his ears, I'm afraid. And somebody's asked me what bingo wings are. Bingo wings? Yeah. Oh, they're the... Um, they're the bits... It's yeah. under your arms. It's under you your arms at the back. So if you your lift your arms up... Only really for ladies. It doesn't yeah. apply to men, I don't it's think. the sort of flappy fat bits at the bottom and yes. the top of your arms. You know, so so if, if, if certain ladies can flap their arms and literally take off... You know, really quite much. It's got nothing to do with, you know, three and one, thirty-one, two and two, two little ducks kind of thing. It's nothing to do with that. You don't have that tattooed on your back. But I don't know why they're called bingo wings. Bingo wings, crab stamps, muffin tops. Oh, it's, the same th- it's not the same, is it? No, but it's all part of that same. Oh, right, that genre. It's not very nice, is it? No. Not very nice at all. Luckily, I don't suffer from it, so I'm all right. I don't have the dimpling effect either on the back of my legs. Not any of that cellulite rubbish going on. Although men are prone to cellulite, same as, same as ladies. Let's have a check on the headline, shall we? With Sam Pittis. Controversial proposals to halve the sentences of some criminal... Conversation. Oh, don't. Shrek the sheep is dead. Remember Shrek the sheep? I remember Shrek, and I know yes. Sean the sheep. He's this Shrek is the Shrek. Sheep. He, 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 he earned the name Shrek by hiding in caves to avoid the shears. No relation to Dolly, is it? No, I don't think so, no. But uh, the, animal, the animal's flock star life has come to an end after he was put to sleep at the age of 17 after a three-week illness. Oh. He's now being mourned in New Zealand, oh. where they'll, they'll cry over anything they like. You know, at the moment it was a sheep. 
And uh, sheep do outnumber people by nearly ten to one. As they're going to ask... There are a lot of other sheep in New Zealand. There are quite a number of other sheep, actually. But they're going to ask uh, somebody to scatter Shrek sh- Shrek's ashes <laughs> on top of Mount Cook. He was quite an elderly statesman. He taught us a lot. They're quite mad over there, aren't they? They really are balmy as anything. But uh, he was a merino, which means he had lots of... Lots of... F- um, fur... Sheep wool. <laughs> what do they have? I don't know what they've got. Fur coats? I don't know. They've got wool. They've got they? wool, yes. It's your sheep shear. Sheep shearing. Yes, you do. <clears throat> what do you actually call wool. it? You just... They're, they're wearing a woolen overcoat. Woolen, um... Woolen fur coat? See, I said fur. Everybody looked at me like I was stupid. Oh, it isn't fur, is it? Well, it's like fur. It's like fur. Yeah. It's cheaper than fur. But he used to hide in, in mountains, and he, he's just covered it. It looks like a, a giant ball of cotton wool. Yeah. Or it's a very old cotton wool bud. Or something else. Anyway... What do you got? Well, there's sexting congressmen, there's uh, the new private humanities college that's opening in London. Have you read or heard about this? This philosopher, A.C. Grayling, is opening a new private university. It's going to be more expensive than any other university. It's going to go back to the old-fashioned Oxbridge teaching methods of having one tutorial per week with... uh, It's going to have super professors, it's going to have... It's going to be a fantastic private London University. It's going to cost £18,000 a year and then £9,000 a year on top of that. And the academic community seems to be up in arms. Why? Because they think... I think partly they're probably really jealous because those professors and Anthony Grayling will probably earn a lot more. Yes. Um, And they probably hadn't thought of the idea first. And then I think they think that it's the meddling of money and education that's Mm. going even further that's sort of wrong. And then I suppose they think that it will make their universities seem sort of cheap and not so good. Yeah. I guess there's lots of... And also because academics all hate each other. Yes. I don't know what they're complaining about. I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday whose father had to go into a home, uh, one of these care homes, and it was just under £1,000 a week. Yeah. Just under a thousand pounds a week to look after an elderly person. I mean, yeah. I know some are cheap. Seven fifty, I'm told, is the average yeah. for some of these places. But a thousand—that's forty-eight thousand pound a year. Yeah. And students are complaining about you know nine thousand for your education. I know. You know, and eighteen thousand. God, blimey! You actually come into the real world. Yeah. Well, it's a really good point comparing it with the end of life. Yeah. Because that, you know, is something that costs an absolute fortune and financially cripples so many families and nobody knows what to do. Well, people have to sell houses, but the problem is, once you sell a house, then you've got loads of assets and the local council withdraw their money, so then you don't get your pension and stuff like that because they go, oh, well, you've got all this money. You go, well, I'm having to sell the house. In fact, on, on one particular case in the paper the other day, the, this family decided not to tell their mother that they'd sold her house. They said because we didn't have any other way of doing it. Yeah. It's awful, really, isn't awful, it? isn't it? 48 grand a year, you know, yeah. just to keep somebody in a room. And carers cost a lot yes. as well. If people yes. stay in their own home and you're paying for t- carers 24 hours a day or even just a carer coming in every day. Yeah. It costs a fortune. Oh, dear me. It's yeah. not good, is it? Not good, aren't you? So many things to worry about. So many things to worry about. Uh, Midjure was kicked out of the pop star to opera star. Oh, He was the it? first one out, actually. And I like Midjure. Uh, Midge's sort of great beef, I think, in the world is the fact that Bob Geldof got all the glory for Live Aid. Right. Whereas, in fact, it should have been Midge who should have, you know, got uh, equal billing on it. I know he was there and he did all the rest of it, but definitely I think he actually should have got got some stuff there. Did you watch Popstar to Opstar? No, I didn't. I didn't. I think I've been busy, actually. It was okay. I c- was it all right? Well, it does all right. It doesn't do anywhere nearly as well in the ratings as the sort of Britain's Got Talent or X Factor no, type shows. No, but I mean, it, it like sounds a like a cheap of, rip-off it's a kind of, of thing. Yeah, it is really. So there you go. Another uh, one here. 
and uh, this, so I was just reading a review actually of, of restaurants. I, li- I like reading a review of restaurants, <laughs> and mainly because at this time of the morning I could eat a horse. You often say at this time of the morning, oh. you want curries, oh. you want toast, yeah. you want shepherd's pie, you want uh, apple crumble. Yes, oh, apple crumble and custard at this precise moment would not go wrong. Sometimes you want a Thai curry. Yes, yes, because the best time we ever did was when Paul Savory uh, went out the night before and he went to his favourite uh, Indian restaurant, and he got them to do us a special mutton curry, and he brought it in in Tupperware boxes the next morning, and we heated it up. It was delicious. <laughs> I can't tell you. Curry for breakfast. I don't care what anybody says. It was absolutely... We sat here, and I just I drooled. Oh. And, I mean, admittedly, the studio stank of curry, but who cares? <laughs> it tasted lovely. I could eat an onion bhaji now. An onion bhaji. Yes. Yeah. Or some samosas. Peshwari naan. Oh, peshwari naan. Easy peasy for me. Yeah. And, oh, anything. Just anything. Yeah. Definitely chicken tikka masala. Yeah, that would be nice. I Mushroom like nice bhaji. Sorry? I like a korma. Yes, I like a korma too. Stop talking about food, you see. It's oh, made me worse. Yeah. And there's me reading the uh, the restaurant reviews of places. I'm not I'm not a big fan of, of restaurant reviews. I never believe them half no. the time. <laughs> I want to go out with Michael Winner when he reviews a restaurant. Yes. Now, that would be funny. I bet that would be funny. Yes, interesting. Right, what else? Well, we've got um, the Cheryl and Simon saga oh, continues. Dear. Did he humiliate her? Are they friends? What's she going to do next? Did he even make the decision? The thing is, he didn't. He wouldn't even have been the one that made the decision. He was no. the one that wanted her. Yes. He was the one that tried to get her the job. He was the one that said that he preferred her over Nicole Scherzinger. He was the one that fought for her and tried to battle against Fox to allow them to keep her. So he's got to sort of take responsibility for it in the public eye, but it's not his decision. It would have been down to Fox and the senior management at Fox. I did have a bet with somebody because there was the... It it was off, and then they went, no, she's definitely going back into it. I thought, oh, no. So I had a bet with Will Will Gowing on Sunday that she wouldn't go back in. £2 bet, I said she's not going to go back in. Yeah. And he said, no, she's definitely going to go back in. I thought, why? Listen, they didn't like her. She wasn't good enough. It, it, it wasn't the fact they didn't understand her. I think it was a combination of that and the fact that she doesn't have the, the get-up-and-go that the Americans have got, the enthusiasm. Have you ever seen Cheryl Cole getting excited about anything on the programme? No. She just goes, why, I pet you were great. And you think, come on, show a little bit of, you know, a little bit of oomph. She looks slightly cheerful bored. when she saw Joe McEldry. Yes. When they fellow yeah. Newcastle. Yeah, but there's no enthusiasm. It's almost as if she's sort of playing a part. So a bit like sort of Victoria Beckham doesn't smile in photos. She's no, sort of, there's she looks no miserable. hunger there. There's no, no oomph. There's no, no. va-va-voom. And we, well, va-va-voom. <laughs> what is va-va-voom? va-va-voom. <laughs> <laughs> they used to have the occasion, what is Cointreau? <laughs> And they'd sit at this dinner table and he'd go, Cointreau is the oranges wrapped under the tropical sky. <laughs> and at the end of the thing, it's just a bottle of Cointreau, all right? It's like, where do they serve Frero Rocher? Apparently at all the posh parties. No, they don't. No, they don't. I've never once been to a posh party and been offered a Frero Rocher chocolate. Nicole? <laughs> Papa? <laughs> it's all these different things, isn't it? <laughs> Papa? Nicole? <laughs> I like those. But uh, what is va-va-voom? <laughs> <laughs> There's all these strange adverts on the television. I don't know what they're advertising, but they do make me laugh. Um, pupils were barred from a GCS maths exam because of their footwear. 17 students were told to remove their shoes because they weren't black enough. Huh? It's very odd here. 13 took their exams in their socks, four refused and went home. <laughs> and this bloke here was wearing Fred Perry plimsolls, which broke the school's dress code. Oh, dear. The 15-year-old refused to sit in the exam in his socks, fearing his feet would smell, because most people who wear trainers have smelly feet. It's to do with the trainer as much as their feet. His mother, Nikki, said, I'm flabbergasted. 
She said the school clearly cares more about dress code than they do about the children's education. No, they have rules, I'm afraid. And the rule is you don't wear plimp soles to school or, or trainers and things like that. It's not complicated, Nicky. You know, there are rules. That's, you know, that's why they're there. And if he chose not to, uh, not to follow them, then he pays the consequences. Take them off. No, I've got smelly feet. Well, go home then. Go home, go and put some shoes on. Do not wear designer trainers at school. No, rules. We had shirt sleeve order at my school. Did you? Yeah, the headmaster had to take his jacket off in the summer yeah. before any boys were allowed to take their jackets off. Really? Yeah. Good Lord, honestly. Very strict school, but um, I always wore my school uniform. I was a right little prig, I tell you. I had my satchel and <laughs> yeah, my cap. <laughs> 17 I was at the time. <laughs> and uh, my little short trousers. Yeah. And I used to go, good morning, sir, good morning, madam. That was standing at the bus stop. You know, and you let elderly people on the bus first and you stood there and waited. You didn't barge your way on like most people nowadays. So if they say, I'm afraid, little Patrick Doherty in Coventry, you don't wear trainers, you don't wear trainers. When you're driving, you're always careful. Morning, everybody. Why is it people to sell things? Uh, there's, a, there's a lady here who uh, has had some letters penned to her by Princess Diana. Oh, yes. And um, Diana was just 20 when she wrote to Margaret Hodge, who she worked with at the Young England Nursery in central London, and now her, her collection is going to be sold, they reckon, for about £20,000. Wouldn't you want to keep them? Oh, are these the ones where she fell down rabbit holes and things? That, um, Diana had fallen down... Fell down rabbit holes. Fell down rabbit holes in these letters. Well, how sure. big do you think Diana was? She wasn't... Sure a, she's not a Polly Pocket or something like that, or a Weeble that wobbles and Hang doesn't on. fall down. Page 11 of the Sun. Dies notes of joy. No. Letters from Princess Diana describing how she fell down rabbit holes on honeymoon at Balmain moral. Well, it's ridiculous. How fetch. big are the bunny rabbits? She fell down a hole. Well, I don't believe it. It was a mine shaft, quite okay. clearly. <laughs> fell down a rabbit hole. Di then talks of, quote, heavenly walks with Prince Charles. Yes. I mean, I, I shouldn't imagine Diana wrote to somebody with the, with the thought that they were going to be selling them later on. No. I mean, I, I have a letter from, from Victoria Beckham at home. I would never sell it. No. I would never sell it, you know, with a photograph and, and a kiss in lipstick saying, Dear Steve, you told us we wouldn't last five minutes. Wrong. <laughs> 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 Which I thought was fine. But I w- you wouldn't get rid of anything. Like, I've got letters from all sorts of strange people. Well, not strange people, but sort of people I wouldn't think of yeah. selling them. I suppose if, if somebody says they are worth £20,000, you're going to be thinking, well, I'm 69... 20,000 quid is very useful. But that's what it like when you watch the Antiques Roadshow and you see people's faces and they bring in these cups and saucers. Oh, that They have these fantasies. They clearly hope they're going to be worth sort of, you know, half a million pounds. This, or something. this was used by Rembrandt or exactly. something. Yes. And then they have these... The, you can just feel how they must be feeling. that They're going to make so much money. And then there's, oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Oh, it's a terrific piece. Yes. I think... I think you could that could fetch five hundred pounds at auction, <laughs> and you can the see their are, faces drop. The ones that are worth worse than that, and they do them during the daytime, and they go so, so, so they bring in some some naff item that they've got, and they go, well, I think if we went to auction with this, I think it could go eighty pounds. <laughs> Should we put a reserve of fifty? And you think hardly worth bothering, <laughs> hardly worth bothering. And then celebrities go on there and they trawl through some third-rate celebrity's house to find items worth five hundred pounds to give yeah. to charity. It'd be a lot easier for the celebrity just to give the money to charity. Yeah, a lot easier. Perhaps you could do the same with Peaches Geldof or Pixie or something like that. <laughs> they could trawl through their attic. <laughs> they could sell their father. That'd be quite funny. <laughs> probably make quite a lot of money, then. They probably could, actually. Now, I, I have to ask you, because you have, you have girls. Oh, yes. 
And they were talking the other day about these little outfits which you can buy in shops for girls of a certain age where they've got things written on the front. Oh, and yeah. they say it's a sexualisation. And they're going to be banned, aren't they, or something? Well, the stupid thing is, I would have thought it's quite easy. You actually go along and you go to these shops and, and, you, and somebody writes in, like you do, and you go, I've just been into X shop and they're selling these tops with this written on the front. And the, and the police contact and say, you've got precisely 24 hours to remove them. Yeah. They've given them 18 months, these shops, to get rid of stock. All you do is you take them... Oh, sorry. You take them off the... Uh, off, off sets. My stomach going. Great guts. That's because I talked about the chicken tikka. Oh, yeah. Chicken tikka. Yeah. Yeah, but, but you just take them off because all, most of the people working in these shops are women with children. Yeah. So you just complain to your boss and get them taken off. You can just sell them. Well, just get rid of them. Get rid of them. Because they're all trashy, worn by trashy people. Yeah. You don't want little girls wearing things like, you know, if you think I'm good, you should see me when I get home, kind of. You know, it's just, it's tacky. Well, it's just weird, isn't it, really? Well, it's not normal. No, it is a bit odd. I don't even like little, little crop tops. I think they look very odd. Unless you're super skinny thin, in which case you're all right. It's a really difficult balance, isn't it? Because little girls should be able to wear whatever they want. And to dress up and to enjoy dressing up and to wear clothes that make them feel grown up and sort of i think what sort of grown up wants to wear crop tops why would that make you feel grown up well older than you are you know a 14 year old a 15 year old might wear a crop top so a six or seven year old might want to oh god i think but i don't think you should say i don't think it's not their fault if people sexualize it no well, strangely enough, funny you should mention that, because there was a woman on the television this morning, and they were looking at, and I don't know why I was watching it, Miss Australia Nude. And all these girls... <laughs> it, was, it was on a normal channel, I promise you. I wasn't watching something peculiar. And I was sitting there watching all these girls, and they all, they all want to be Miss Australia Nude. Right. And one, <laughs> one of the girls... I don't know why. So they all come on stage in their sort of nice outfits, and then they just take them off, and they become, you know, one is Miss Sydney Nude. And all this kind of thing. And one of the girls there, she said, I'm, I'm a pole dancer. And she said, but my father doesn't want to know anything about it at all. Mm. She said, and he hasn't seen me work. I thought, well, well why would you want to? Now. She said, but, she said, people think that if you're a pole dancer or an exotic dancer for money, that you're a prostitute and that you sleep with men and that you want to have your bottom pinched. She said, we don't. No. She said, that's what we do. She said, I like doing it, and I earn a lot more money than I could if I was sitting typing up letters for somebody. Well, it is quite a different thing to prostitution, isn't it? Pole dancing. It's not the same thing at all. Yes, well, the, the, well there was a big big brother contestant who turned up. She was a pole dancer years and years ago, yeah. and she claimed she made so much money, and I thought, not just in pole dancing, you don't. No. It does pay good, but it doesn't pay that good. No. The trouble is you don't really find it for men, do you? Because, to be honest with you, I couldn't lift my body up a pole. Would you, you know? pay to see Steve pole dance? No. What if there was a pole in the studio? Pay to see me full stop. <laughs> <laughs> Steve Polder. Yes, the the trick would be how far off the ground could I lift myself? <laughs> You'd that pay could for that. Be in the bit. next show. Yes, we could do pole dancing in the next Steve Allen live show. Mm. I don't think so. Uh, it's a fleece for sheep, says Martin. Thank you. That was the word I was fleece. looking for. Not a wool. Fleece. It's wearing wool. Not a fur coat. It's not a fur coat. <laughs> The it's fleece. a fleece. Thank you. Thank we, you we, we did know that. We're not, we're not daft. We just yeah. knew. I had a, oh, my tummy this morning. Stop it. I had a Thai curry pasty the other day in Bristol. It was amazing. A Thai curry, thai curry pasty. pasty. Never heard of that before. That's a sort of hybrid. That sounds a bit strange. Do you think the, the Thai people eat, eat pasties? I'll yeah. check with Paul Savory. Wow. So, anyway, so are, are, are we against... 
little little clothes for girls. Well, yeah, I don't think little yeah. girls should look like sex objects. No, no, absolutely. What about what do you think about the bunny club coming back? Oh, that was quite interesting because so it, there's this supposedly big open on opening on Saturday. Yes. Hugh Hefner comes over. Yeah. It's going to be packed with celebrities. There's lots of paparazzi. There's protesters outside. Liz Hurley's ex-boyfriend turns up and Patrick Cox turns up and that's it. Yes. Oh, I think Alex Reed as well. Oh, OK. Alex Reed, who has fallen off the scale of celebrityism, really needs to go back home to there his There were literally barely any celebrities at no. all. Well, it's a bit dated, isn't it? It's a bit old-fashioned. It's a bit like Channel 5 having Big Brother. Things have moved on a bit. Yes, yes. Although they're, they're, they're still trying to plug it in all these newspapers. Yeah. The other thing, of course, that's a little bit worrying in the paper this morning is that one of the bunnies has a famous daddy. Oh, really? A famous daddy is Des O'Connor. Oh, and uh, she's from his first marriage, I think. Well, those bunnies, quite you know, in the sixties. I mean, they've they turn out to be quite famous, successful people. Yes, yes. Lots of them go on to do all sorts of things. Those. I didn't think it was actually tacky girls. being a bunny. Whereas it's quite difficult to do. I think you have to learn all these things are the rules. I mean, they're just glorified waitresses, really. But, but they, have to, they have to be able to do maths off the top of their head with all the croupier stuff. Yes. And, I mean, it's the only thing... Well, she, that's what she quite said. Easy, she said, quite difficult. I am, I'm a croupier and, yeah. a, and, a, and a waitress. And so you, 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 you go and order drinks, but you have to hold them in a certain way. You've got to way. hold them in a certain way. You've got to walk in a certain way. You've got to, you've got to look a certain way. You've got to learn. You've got to be very, very good at arithmetic. Yes. Um, yes. To do all the but it just is dated. Stuff. It seems you know oh, who would want to go and see Playboy bunnies? Now? But who wants to pay fifteen hundred pounds a year to join the 15,000 for life membership. Yeah, eight hundred and fifty people have signed up. I mean, what's the point? I don't know. I mean, I I, I don't it's, see it's the a appeal. Casino, isn't it? Well, it, well they've, all they've the now moved away. It's more into the gambling. It's a bar and casino. Yes, yeah. yes. That's how they make money now. It's gambling. Yeah. We must go back to the hippodrome, internationally, ladies and gentlemen. Find out how they're getting on over there. Because I'm looking forward to that, and that must be opening shortly, so I want to say, I bet it's changed a bit since we saw it last. I've got no interest in going to the Playboy Club, I must say, particularly. No. Not really. I don't, but, but to be honest with you, I, I don't quite understand what the appeal is. I mean, w w would you not get the same effect by sitting in a swimming pool? Well, you know, <laughs> watching people walking past in their bikinis? I mean, I'm, I mean, I mean <laughs> that's probably a bit too simplistic for this time of the morning, but I mean, <laughs> what's the point? I don't know what the point is, because they don't do anything. No. I mean, it's, I, I think it's like going to a lap dancing club... And we have one in, in Twickenham, yeah. which is very funny. The very idea that Twickenham's got a lap dancing club. But anyway, and so we have. And, and it's got tables next to each other with a pole in the middle. And so girls dance provocatively at the next... Why would you bother buying a dance? You just watch the next bloke's dance. <laughs> so we all sit there and we all face him and we all watch his dance. Yeah. I, don't, I have been in there, yes. I mean, not, not to, to pay for dances or anything like that. But I, cause I, I just... I just think it sounds a bit strange. <laughs> this will whiz round the building now. Steve Allen's been to a lap dancing club. I'll never hear the end of it. It must just be mugs handing over vast amounts of money. And they do. Yeah. And they do hand over because girls say... And years ago, it used to be girls in Soho coming over and sitting next to you, drinking non-existent alcoholic drinks because they didn't have licences. Well, there's still quite a few... Suppose they're called clip joints, aren't yes. they, in Soho? There's because they left. clipped the customers. Yeah. And if you didn't pay, and the bills would be astronomical... You know, 250 quid for a, a bottle of non-existent champagne that yeah. the girls would say, I drink champagne, yeah. and it was coloured water, because otherwise if they had really drunk the bottle of champagne, they'd only do no one client. Nice. Then you get taken to the cash point by some big, beefy bloke yeah. who doesn't want to be your boyfriend, up. he just wants to get money out. Yeah. But they, they prey on unsuspecting tourists going yeah. around Soho, don't they? Come down, private dances, this, that and the other. There's nothing down there other than a no. dingy bar and a big bloke and a 
few girls trying to extort money from you. Yes. But that is the problem. That Even though they have tried to clean Soho up, it still goes on. Not it's just in Soho. Right. It's all over the place, I think. Yeah. You know, where, wherever there is... It's unfortunately SEX sells. But I just think revitalising the Playboy Bunny Clubs just seems a bit old-fashioned. Does, doesn't it? Why would yeah. you want to sit there and watch somebody with a big fluffy tail? Some My auntie Enid does it, you know, <laughs> admittedly. She doesn't look quite as attractive at 93, but, you know, she totters up and down with a bit of Ribena. It's on Park Lane, isn't it? <laughs> so, which, to me, suggests that there'll be yeah. a fairly transitory... Yes. ...quite sort of... But possibly That's Middle, Middle Eastern, Eastern businessmen yeah. who want to go Rich and Middle sit Eastern there. businessmen yes. staying at the Dorchester and going to the Playboy Club. It sense, right, it? 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 it sort of makes Yes, you're right, because they they would go there and have something to eat and a little steak and a little flippity gibbet little thing. Back to the Dorchester bar for yes. final or last orders. Yes. Even though they're not and meant then, to drink. And do you anyway. and do, 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 do you have to tip the girls? Do you I tip the girls? There's probably lots of tipping. I think that's three thirty at Wincanton. But they have to share they have to share the tips. Oh do they? Because I know someone whose housemates are bunny. Oh, right. She's had to learn all the croupier rules. Yes, I mean, it, yes. It's taken her ages. I'm not surprised. Not only do you have to learn the croupier rules, but you've got to try and fit into one of those little tight... They're very tight, those outfits. Very tight. Very tight. You've got to push your, push your bosoms up and everything else. Yeah. That kind of... It, it, it is dated, isn't it? A bit dated. I think they should be like, in Australia... Miss Nude Bunny, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> nude bunnies serving at the table. I'm a leapfrog. <laughs> I think that's the way forward. <laughs> what a thought. Quarter, <laughs> quarter to seven. News headlines with Sam Pittis. Controversial proposals to halve the sentences of some criminals are reported. Morning, everybody. It's unusual this morning at seven o'clock because it's not Nick Ferrari. It's Andrew Pierce and Kevin Maguire. They've, they've teamed them back up again. And, uh, and they're going to be with you from seven this morning. Actually, I'm just going to tell you what they've got coming up because doing the paper today is uh, Sabri Malik, a spokesperson for the Libyan... Freedom and Democracy Campaign. Oh, that's not one of the guests, is it? That's, that's just one of the guests not doing, not doing the papers. I think they're actually doing the papers themselves. So they should. They'll be arguing. Yeah, they'll be arguing over everything, I can tell. Uh, they're talking about uh, the Met Police raid to crack down on street criminals, which is a good idea. Do private schools have a moral purpose to help poor students? And should civil servants be subject to the same expenses regulations as MPs? All of that and more with Andrew Pearce and Kevin Maguire sitting in for uh, Nick Ferrari today. Well, to, to, to lower the tone, on page 31 of The Sun, there's a picture of Stacey Solomon. Uh, walking along, oh, and you can sort of see her, her, her bum through her tights. Yes, and it, it just struck me that uh, there is a fashion now, isn't there? You see a lot of people walking around London now, effectively just wearing tights on the top, without yes. a skirt on. They don't actually a dress. call them tights, though, do they? Yeah, and but some called... people are wearing. They're basically just tights. They're not thick leggings. They're just like oh, right. tights. Oh. I don't know whether listeners. Think I often that that's... tap people on the shoulder if, if they're showing a bit. I say, excuse me, really inappropriate. Do you? Yes, I always tell them that. You give them a nod. Police officers mainly. Right. Very inappropriate outfit. Blue serge. So last year. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I like to tell them. It's fleece for sheep. Thank you. <laughs> fleece for sheep. Yeah. <laughs> but Paul Cooper says, uh, I'm good at maths. I should get the boys to dress up in the fruit and veg shop. It's a good idea, actually. Yeah. I'd quite like to see a couple of the boys in, uh, in bunny outfits. Bunny outfits. I did, I did get the letter because I was so delighted that uh, I've actually had some impact. We had a, uh, a shop in Twickenham, one of these fast food places, and it was filthy inside. Oh, really? I mean, it was filthy. And, and I, I, I complained about it. Anyway, they have closed down for a refurbishment, probably before they were closed down, You're I should imagine. You're a pioneer for this kind of cleanliness. I hate... You... It's, it's my big bugbear I'm so yeah. funny about. People cutting food, you know, when they haven't got gloves on... You know, and they don't wash their hands, and they pick up all... Oh, God, no. Why? We're not all dead. I've got no idea. It's terrible, really. Terrible. Uh, 
Clive says, pole dancing for you need to be a bloody strong pole. Well, I don't think that's very nice, is it? I mean, it was an ordinary pole. Just an ordinary pole for me. I could manage that quite well, I think. (laughs) 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 Oh, that's right. Queenie's Castle. Nothing to do with Queenie Watts. It was Diana Dawes. Sorry. I remember. I know. I I got confused by this. I'm just. Because we were talking about Queenie Watts yesterday. And it was set in a, in a block of flats. Kathy Staff, of course, uh, Ivy Tills. It, you know, none of them here anymore. Terrible, isn't it? But it's available on DVD. Thank you for that. like to be corrected, as you can well imagine, on a Wednesday, which is always good news. Fleece for sheep, apparently. What else you got? Well, it was the Style Awards last night. Oh, was um, it Style? Oh, is that the Glamour Awards? The, oh, yeah. Kevin the, went, yeah. didn't he? We were talking about that earlier on. Loads of people listen to this programme. He's always bumping into people. Yeah, there's the Glamour's um, <coughs> presenter of the year, Davina McCall, really? um, entrepreneur of the year, Fern Cotton. Oh, oh no, sorry, radio person. Oh, oh. Okay. oh thank you. Yeah, right. uh, Jesse J. Um, right. All sorts of people, really. Anybody we've heard of? Uh, Danny Minogue. What did she get? Um, she got a TV personality. <laughs> Danny Minogue. Yeah. Don't make me laugh. Mm. Was she there? I bet she wasn't there. Um, I don't think she was actually. Don't think she was. She's got TV personality. How do they vote for these things? Are they voted for? Is it is like a is it a lottery kind of thing? How do they do that? Don't know. Oh, readers do it, do they? Oh, right. Danny Minogue. It's a laugh, then, isn't it? It must be. It must be. I mean, you know, somebody sort of phoning up saying, you know, I'd like to vote for Danny Minogue, and somebody other end saying, I'm sorry, who? Danny Minogue. She's not even on the show anymore. No. Very odd. So eat, eat the apple peel. I said earlier on, eat apple peel. Oh, yeah, don't peel the apple. Don't peel the apple. Eat the peel, it's good yes. for you. Yes, very, very good for you. Good for weight loss. Yes, and also or weight kids, regulation. If they won't actually eat the peel, just slice the thing, and right. so they get a bit of peel on it, and then they will they will eat it as well. Do you eat much just whole bits no. of fruit? I can eat bits of fruit salad, like ch- chopped up or prepared, and like from a supermarket, mm. I might eat it. Yeah. But I hardly ever just pick up an actual, just a bit of actual fruit and just eat it. No, I, I don't. I used to eat grapes. Yeah. Because I, I thought, stupid, that the grapes are really good for you, and of course they're just full of sugar. Right. In fact, all of it's full of sugar Fruit's for me. actually really full of it's sugar, absolutely, isn't it? Even strawberries. If I eat fi- five strawberries, I can be up on the ceiling. Right. With the chicken tikka masala and yeah. anything else. Um, so, I mean, and, and a bit of melon I quite like. Yeah, I like fruit smoothies. Oh, see, I can't eat smoothies. Can't have smoothies. No, because of the sugar. Yeah, the right. sugar's terrible. I can't even eat that innocent stuff, you know, that comes in the thing. Oh, yeah. Just strawberry and banana or whatever. It sends yeah. me round the bend. Right. I thought, and also, you have to eat those, or you have to drink them fairly quickly, because they have been known to explode because of the fruit acid in there. People have had a bit of trouble. Check... I, I went through the fridge yesterday checking sell-by dates. I had to throw out four items. Did you? It's beginning to cost money now. It's getting a, a bit stupid. So every time you buy something, you've got to... Start checking the, the sell-by dates, because we're all a bit funny about sell-by dates. Some people, like me, think that at midnight it goes off. And meat, the moment meat loses its red colour, I throw it out. I don't... Uh, I don't have, and people say, oh, no, you could eat that. My mother used to cut the bit of cheese. Where, where the cheese went hard, she just cut that bit off. Me, I throw it out. But people are very funny about sell-by dates and things, yes. aren't they? The people yes. say that things last much longer than the... Sell by and use by dates. Oh, apparently so. Apparently, it, it, it's only done <clears throat> to safeguard the the, the producers. I yeah. think of it. Yeah. So there's this very foolish man in the Sun who got his comeuppance. The 22k oh, volts yes. agony of the copper wire thief. I'm so a, happy. A criminal who <laughs> suffered horrific burns while breaking into an electricity substation was warned of the dangers of stealing copper cabling. This very foolish man, James Sorby, 22, was so badly disfigured by the 22,000 volt shock. 
that his young daughter Good. didn't recognise him. Good. He broke in, he shouldn't have been there, yeah. and he got an electric shock. And he's shock. admitted, he said, let this be a warning. Yeah. Good. My message, he says, is don't do it. Yeah. People think it's easy, but they don't realise how stupid they're being. I've been through five months of agony. Good. Talking of agony, the one thing that you hate when you go to the dentist is when they go, I'll just numb you up. Oh. And they get out the biggest needle in the world. Don't. And then they push it into your... Go and you, Oh, of course, after the first one, you're all right. It's the first one they go, you'll just feel a little, a little sort of, and they push it. Well, apparently, they've now come up with a pain-free jab which can deliver an anaesthetic to the gums without the patient feeling it. Thank oh, goodness. please, God, it's everywhere by the weekend. <laughs> please, God. And so what it does is, because people... I mean, I've, I've been known to have six injections. Dentistry is getting better and better, isn't yeah. it? The pain and suffering people used to be caused by their teeth. The reason that people don't go to the dentist is because they're actually frightened about uh, w- about the uh, the noise. The noise, the, the noise horrible the drilling drill. noise. Again, that's changed. It's only the water, drill though, noise isn't it? doesn't yeah. make that same really? noise about that childhood hellish noise of that drill that we all remember. You'd sit there, it's changed sit in the waiting room and you try and psych yourself <laughs> up for it and you know and the screams would be coming out of the other room. Ah 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 <laughs> And then that other thing that goes... <laughs> yeah, that horrible thing. Which and then the very high pitch on Yes, even worse. Oh. And then the, I'll be back in a minute, and you lie there in it. Would you like a rinse out? And they give you some pink water, which you dribble all down the front dribble of you. Dribble all down, and then yes. it goes down that little funny... Which goes... <laughs> I know. Oh, it's so unpleasant. I bet there's somebody listening now going, I oh, should shut up about the dentist. I've got the dentist this morning. Uh, it's so And the horrible. worst thing you can ever have is root canal. Oh, my God, it's the worst thing ever. It is terrible. I don't, I don't, but that's why you don't go to the dentist, because if, if you could go to the dentist... Now, I remember somebody telling me about one once, where they had a mirror on the ceiling so that you could watch what was going on. It's only because you can't see... You feel very vulnerable. You think... The I mean, I've heard of people who've had an injection, and the injection's come out the side of their mouth. Kind really? of thing. This is probably just scaring people, as you can well imagine. <laughs> <laughs> but that's why you don't go to the dentist, because if it didn't hurt, and you could see what they were doing... Yeah. I had a very good dentist, actually. In fact, he's, he's just having a refit at the moment. And uh, he had to do an implant. Uh, not an implant. He had to uh, uh, take a cast for a, a crown. And he tried to put this big thing in my mouth, which looked like it was taking... I said, you can't do that, I'll be sick. So he cut it down and just had one little bit. And, it was, and I sit there and go, I'm a complete wuss. What are those things they sort of put in your mouth to sort of prop it open? Like, they're like... Sort of oh, teeth. Oh, oh then they're like no. sort of um, it's like they're putting don't like anything like that packaging in there to don't, sort of no. prize oh, your mouth. No, open. we don't have anything like that. No, talk your prizing mouths open. Uh, we're back again tomorrow. Thank you very much indeed, Jonathan. Thank you very much, Jonathan Levi. We'll be back next week at the site. Look at this lovely weather. Let's make now. a change, doesn't it? It's, it's, it's actually quite bright and sunny out there. Mm. Of course, if you are going to the dentist today, it's going to be a miserable hell on Earth Day. And uh, you will suffer badly. But I mean that in a caring kind of way. Don't forget to check out the podcast later on. And to check out the blog and all the other bits and pieces which go on the LBC website, lbc.co.uk. And um, I say we'll do it again tomorrow morning from five. Have yourself a very nice day with LBC 97.3. After this, it's very odd, this one today. So you, so you get Andrew Pearson and Kevin McGuire in just for sort of one day. I don't know why. Strange. But uh, we'll have more of them after we've had the business update with Sam Pittis. Thank you, Steve. The FTSE will open after closing up one point at...